Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Welcome in to Vikings Ventline, part of the Purple Daily podcast feed. And we are live. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff live on Score North Twitter, twitter.com slash Score North. Facebook.com slash score north and uh, also youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. And a couple things, real quick here. If you'd like to be part of this video show, if you want to vent your frustration without getting us fired, keep it clean on this show, send us an email to vikingsventline at gmail.com. And Declan will be checking and sending the invite to various Vikings fans throughout. Um, also we'll pull your comments as we pulled Scott's comment from Facebook here, whatever platform you're watching on, we can pull your comments into the screen. And so we'll pull some of these selective, uh, comments in like Matt's already tanking for Trevor, but just a quick shout out. Vikings vent line is powered by Corona hard seltzer, spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported by crown imports, Chicago, Illinois, and, uh, Declan, this would be a day for maybe two Corona. Oh, you know, I had seltzers. so much fun last night that I almost drank the entire 12 pack, Phil, and uh, I am feeling the effects of it in, in good and bad ways today. But I am I, I, I definitely had to crack open a couple during the game. And whether it's cherry, mango, blackberry, lime, you can't go wrong with Corona hard seltzer. Man. So uh, we appreciate them powering the show. And let's just start off, Judd, before we dive into some of these comments and get some fans in the uh, in the show here on Vikings Ventline. Your quick takeaway, Judd Zolgad, from just an absolute disaster. The Vikings got smoked by the Colts 28 to 11, and I'm not even sure it was that close. Is there a quick takeaway here? I mean, this is, uh, this was gross. It was disgusting. It, it's a, it's one, a bad team combined with a team that right now does not seem to care. And, um, the thing that amazes me is, is, okay, let's just for a second create excuses, which I won't do, but let's do it for the defense. The back end is young. Daniil Hunter is out. Explain to me that what is going on offensively. Uh, explain to me. I mean, there is no excuse for this offense to look this bad. And and look, I mean, there was a, a play, I believe it was in the second half on third and long, in which Thielen short-armed a ball. He basically quit. He basically just said, I'm done here. When you have Thielen and Cousins, essentially, in my opinion, coming as close as you can to quitting, that's a conversation here because there is no excuse for what we are seeing offensively. And look, I'm also not going to allow this future defense off the hook. 
We're talking about missed tackles. We're talking about dumb plays. This team for for two games now, from the top on down, has not been prepared. It's not been prepared by its coach. It's not been prepared by uh, the uh, uh, by Kubiak. It has not been prepared from the quarterback on down. Nothing about what the Vikings are doing is excusable. Even if you accept the fact or think that they're not good. And the only thing that I can tell you, this reminds me of 2011 and that start. But at least I thought that that team was just sort of crappy. You've got a quarterback who was signed to a $66 million extension in March and is now signed over a three-year period for 96 mil. And he's getting sacked in back-to-back games for safeties. And today, he saw it coming and looked incapable. I mean, there is, we could start at a million places, but I think the top one is, this is just a disgusting display of gross football. It is one of the least inspiring Vikings efforts during the Mike Zimmer era. I mean, it is right up there. They've had a couple other ones where they've managed, like the Denver game last year, where they did manage to pull themselves back and make a comeback in the second half. But like literally right after that first drive, when the first drive sputtered and they got some help from a 15-yard penalty, there was just no thought in my mind that they were going to come back and win this game based on the lack of energy, the lack of organization. This is one of Kirk Cousins' worst games in the NFL. And I've got... I'll save it for a little bit later in the show, but I'll tell you what. I mean, you're paying $33 million. He's the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. When when you're in the third quarter and you're six of 20 for 70 yards, no touchdowns and three interceptions, I don't care if you could say, well, I mean, the, you know, the interceptions weren't all his fault and one was a Hail Mary. I don't give a rip. It is unacceptable to be six of 20 for 70 yards in any game when you're making that much money relative to the salary cap. And if the answer is, well, he's just not he's not really capable of rising up and elevating above adverse circumstances. Well, then what are we doing here? Then like literally, literally, what are we doing here? So this is Vikings Vent Line live on Score North Twitter and Facebook and YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. You can also find the on-demand audio version on the Purple Daily Podcast feed. Let's go to our first Vikings fan here. Uh, Sam, you've got 60 seconds. Please do not swear and get us in trouble. What did you think of that debacle today? Um, PG answer is that it was, uh, it's, it's clear the issues from last year have trans have come over to this year where San Francisco in the playoff game last year, just ran, ran, ran the ball and chewed the clock. And that's what green Bay did last week. And I think in this game, the Vikings had the ball for like 21 minutes and, that's an improvement from last week, which I think is says all you need to know about this game. The one thing I will say, and I think you talked about this on Purple Daily with Courtney, but this defensive staff's philosophy of drafting a bunch of tweeners, guys who can play like inside and outside, but no true three technique, no true replacement for Linval now that Mike Pierce is out, shows that the run defense is going to be a huge liability all year long. And I don't see it improving because uh, – you have a bunch of these undersized guys who, even against a good offensive line, looked completely movable. And so I really don't – I mean, I'm not a sky-is-falling type of person, but I don't see how you look at any game this year and say, well, that's a clear win for the Vikings. Like, Jacksonville looks pretty good right now. And I think that's deeply concerning as a Vikings fan. So thanks for having me on. And Yeah. Uh, Cool. Sam, we appreciate it, man. I mean, I will say this, like just to be silver lining guy, I brought this up to you guys on Purple Daily last week. I think the defensive line is tracking really nicely for 2021. 
That's not going to help us in this conversation today based on what we saw uh, and, and an 0-2 start and what Aaron Rodgers did last week. But I think if you can get Daniil Hunter back and healthy and you can get Unique Ngakwe signed to a long-term contract and Michael Pierce comes back uh, having opted out this season, I actually really, really like three of those four spots on the defensive front. And Adenabo as kind of your, your, your third down you know, give a breather to one of the other guys. Like it's it's tracking really well for 2021, but I don't know how I don't know how much you're going to be able to fix this until Daniel Hunter comes back, and we don't know when that's going to be. But guys have to try. Like we're talking about today's game, guys quit. They gave up. They quit. Offensively, defensively, they stopped playing. Like there is, you can't have as many stupid missed tackles as they had without basically saying I don't care. See, I, I don't mind if you're not that that good. That's fine. And and the conversation can turn to tank for Trevor. And, hey, I'm there for that. I'm all there. Uh, but when you literally have guys that are like, including some of your star players who are like, ah, it's not going to work out. It's, it's the Colts. They just lost to Jacksonville. Come on. And it's, it, you know, starting with Cousins, too. Here's the thing. And look, there's a long conversation to be had here about a guy that plays in Buffalo now who everyone might have been wise to listen to. There's a long conversation here about the lack of leaders and the lack of ability for accountability on this team. And, and my guess is that a guy like Harrison Smith can't do it by himself, guys. Um, but I, I just published a column, scorenorth.com, about the fact that Stefan Diggs right now has been proven exactly right. Like everything he feared in triplicate is coming true. And, and keep in mind, too, this game in the first half, boys, was very parallel to the game that Phil brought up November of last year at U.S. Bank Stadium. Denver Broncos, 20, 20 to rip at halftime. The Vikings get booed off the field by their fans. And who was the guy who said, okay, this is BS, it ends now? It was Stefan Dix. He, he did it both uh, on the sideline by being impassioned. He caught the touchdown pass that gave the Vikings the lead in that game. Where was that today? Yeah. Like, where was anybody who, I mean, you could see in that Broncos game, guys, you could see that Diggs basically took Kirk by the lapels and said, what are you doing? Yeah. And you're, and you're finding out, I know that he played brilliantly in the second half against the Saints and threw a dime to Adam Thielen and Kirk deserves credit for that. He deserves credit for just, just overall in general, being one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he deserves credit for that. But He's also when when things aren't perfect around him, when the defense gives up too many points or when the offensive line has a couple leaks in it or, you, you know, maybe they're taking away your top target and Adam Thielen, whatever the case may be. He's just a guy when it's not perfect. He's just a guy. In fact, when it's not perfect, he's a liability a lot of times. And you're you found that out today in an in a near empty. Um, what's the name of that stadium? Again? Lucas Oil Lucas Oil stadium. stadium. Hey, they had so, some fans. They had like 2,000 fans, fans there. there. A couple of Vikings, depressed yeah, Vikings those, fans there. Those poor people who drove to go to a Vikings <laughs> game. You deserve your money back. The will should pay you. Dex, let's go to our next uh, Vikings fan here. Is it uh, Bernard? Yeah, that's right. That's right. What's going on, man? Bernard, uh, you got 60 seconds to uh, to do whatever you have to do. Just don't get us fired, please. Keep it clean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just awful. I mean, uh I guess the defense wasn't good, but you still had the chance, I think, to come back. I mean, they gave up 18 points to three, I think it was. And um, but Kirk Cousins, man, he just he just can't get it done. I I know you you say he's a top 15 quarterback, yes, but uh, I don't know. 
when you went through the, all the quarterbacks uh, in the league, basically um, picked him over a lot of young, talented quarterbacks. I, I always thought uh, I'd rather have those young quarterbacks rather than, than Kirk. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you know what? You know what, Bernard, since we're on the subject, I was going to wait. But since you, since you went down this path, let's keep Bernard on here for a second because I just want to point I, – I, I want to talk about the value and responsibility of a quarterback in the NFL. It is, it is actually very easy to find quarterbacks – not great quarterbacks, but it's very easy to find quarterbacks who make less than $10 million a year in a salary cap league, right? Every first, second, and third-year quarterback in the NFL right now makes under $10 million. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson – Gardner Minshew makes like $600,000 or something. You threw for 300 more yards today. Some of these guys are, who make, uh, you know, six, seven, five million dollars are studs. Some are not good. In either case, the front office, if they want to, has the ability to draft a quarterback and spend 20, 30 million dollars less on that guy and use that money to make the roster better if they choose. The Vikings chose to spend 33 million dollars on Kirk Cousins, making him the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And my question for you guys, for Judd, for Bernard, for all the fans watching this right now, what is the point or the value in paying him at that level if he isn't capable of lifting and elevating a team that's flawed? What's the point of paying him at that level if he needs perfect circumstances around him to win? If Listen, if my quarterback, if I'm a GM and my quarterback needs perfect circumstances around him to win games, he isn't good enough to make $33 million. Why would I pay him such a high percentage of my salary cap when there are other cheaper options available to try? And so when I'm looking at the scoreboard in the third quarter, and he's 6 of 20 for 73 yards, no touchdowns and three picks, and everybody is just trying to come up with every excuse in the books. Well, the offensive line, well, I mean, those interceptions weren't really his fault. And well, find a way to be better. And if the answer is, well, he's not good enough, then what are we doing? You know, what, then, then, what, then what is the point of giving him that contract? It's, it's very simple to, to me. It goes, back to, it goes back to the GM, Rick Spielman. He does not have the confidence in himself to actually identify the quarterbacks that you're talking about. He, he, he doesn't. He can't. Teddy might have been that, that guy, but it blew up. And, and the only thing that they knew was that Keenum's year was sort of this really fun fluke. But they signed the best quarterback that they possibly could uh, because they didn't know what type of house to buy, and they didn't have confidence. And this house was okay. It has some leaks, but are those really going to be a problem? Well, the answer is yes. Um, But it comes down to the question of, do you have the infrastructure to identify the good young quarterbacks uh, that we're talking about. And and I've told you for a long time, I think it's Rick's fatal flaw. I don't think he either has the people or the skill set himself to do that. And he, and he certainly uh, after Teddy got hurt, you guys, he certainly doesn't have the confidence in himself to do so. And so Kirk cousins is a nice house in Eden Prairie and he works out just fine, but you know what, when it snows too much, the roof comes down and that's a problem. But you don't. But you don't have confidence in yourself to go to Edina and find the real house. And, and I mean, I, I've been saying this for a, a long time. It's Spielman's fatal flaw, and I don't know that he can fix it. Uh, Bernard, any any other final Kirk Cousins thoughts before we say goodbye? Uh, let's replace him with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> are you are you yeah. tank for Trevor or hold on a second? Lauren? 
I got the thumb up, Bernard. I got the thumb up for you. I'm never in favor of actually trying to lose, but it might be worth it right now. Uh, you might be right, and and thanks for coming on with us, Bernard. We appreciate you joining Vikings Vantline. I think there is a discussion to be had here. Now that they're 0-2 and the NFC is, is a buzzsaw, um, and you've got teams on the rise like Arizona, and, and they play this afternoon, so we'll find out if they can start 2-0. But um, I think there is a discussion to be had for, all right, now that you've started 0-2, what is the – you know, if, if you could control, you know, whether or not they win games or not the rest of the year, would you would you rather them just go three and thirteen, just get it over with, and have a shot to draft number one overall? Is that is that something that's worth discussing here after an zero and two start? For us, I don't think they're bad enough to to go three and thirteen, but I don't know. They look like a three and thirteen team today. You know what though? I think that there are ways to go three and thirteen if you work things correctly. And and I'll start here. Daniel Hunter has a neck problem. Okay. Maybe I think it's short term, but after these two games, do I really think that his addition back to this defense is going to fix the back end? Absolutely not. And I don't think it's fair to him to say, Daniil, you're back this weekend. Boy, do we need you to carry the entire defense. Barr might be out now. He, He hurt his shoulder in the first half, did not come back. I think there's ways to definitely take a long, hard look. And Phil, you might be right. Guess what? They might go on a streak now. They might win three consecutive games. We have certainly seen 0 2 teams come back. So this is not a death knell. But I do think that there is an internal, very private discussion to be had uh, tonight and tomorrow about the course of this team, who you bring back and when, because that QB position looms larger and larger year by year too. And let me say this about the first two games that that I I think is a, a hidden panic alarm sign of Cousins. The scripted plays are pretty good. We, we've said that about a lot of guys before. Hey, the Brad Johnson scripted plays were great yeah. in 2000. But I mean, think about the amount of times where people say, well, the first the first drive, two games consecutively, you've scored. It's been good. Those are all the scripted plays. Yeah, the NFL is an off script league. <laughs> it's an off script league, my man. That's life, too. Yep. <laughs> life is an off script league, baby. But no, I mean, you're a thousand percent right. Yep. I love that statement. All right, let's get to our next one here. Uh, we might have to give Chansey two minutes instead of the standard one minute. Chansey in Fargo, he's going to be doing this from a different location uh, in and around his property every single week. And so, Chansey, I'm guessing that you're by some sort of a manure pile today after that performance. Right. So, guys, I'm actually Chansey in Minnetonka today. So we drove wow. to Iowa yesterday, and I helped my sister pick up her horse, uh, meet Wheeler. And Wheeler. we parked in a gas station here, and I'm in the stock trailer. Uh, it's really hard. I promise 16 weeks and you guys will get six. Hi Wheeler. You will get 16 weeks to different locations, but what's hard is listening to the uh, Vikings radio broadcast. It's a little positivity where you hear the stuffed for a gain of nine. It's uh it's tough to get the real feel of what's going on in the game, but I think the most positive, the, the most positive thing I heard on the broadcast was boom for the kickoff. And that might've been it. So, yeah. well, we did stop in Owatonna at Applebee's and watch part of the game. So I got some unbiased, unbiased coverage there, but I got to Can we stop? Can we stop re-signing all of our own guys? I, I used to like that loyalty aspect. Hey, this guy's going to be a Viking or a twin forever. Was I the only one disappointed when Mike Zimmer resigned, when Kirk Cousins resigned, when Anthony Barr resigned? You know, the Vikings feel like that nightclub where you went to it back when you were in college. That was the Keenum year, right? That was Sneaky Pete's where it just it just kicked butt. And then last year against the Saints was like where you got the gang back together for a bachelor party. 
And you're like, let's go back to Sneakies and see how it is. And that was just that one good night. You're like, that eh, feels kind of weird, but that was fun. We had a lot of Corona seltzers, right? <laughs> I'll plug you guys though. And then this year feels like you go there and the carpet's faded. The walls smell like smoke. There's coronavirus. Everyone's wearing masks. And it just feels like this place sucks. <laughs> and that's what they're that nightclub that you used to go to that was fun but you kept going just one year too long and now it blows and uh, you got to start looking for a new club in town right you got to look for the new hot spot and instead of doing that dimmer Spielman, they keep re-signing the same old they keep rolling in the same old carpeting and i'm, I'm just tired of it uh, all those and this is you know, I, I had these same feelings when those signings were made. I didn't want Zimmer resigned, didn't want Cousins resigned, didn't want Barr resigned, didn't want Cook resigned. I'm okay with three and thirteen. I I want a new start. Sorry. Like I, I've seen this club. This club sucks now. Free pool, big deal. Whatever. Let's let's see something else. So- Chancy, you know, I, let me let me echo something you're saying here because I think it's it's hard for a lot of fans to wrap their heads around. Like, no, you you know, root for your team to win every week, and I'll I'll never root for my team to to lose a football game. Well, the goal is Super Bowl, right? It's and and that was sort of the fear of when, like to go back to the beginning of of your comments when you re-sign Mike Zimmer and you re-sign Rick Spielman and you re-sign Kirk Cousins. Those guys are all good, not great at what they do. I don't think anyone would put Mike Zimmer in the category of a Bill Belichick or even uh, a Kyle Shanahan at this point and Kirk Cousins not in the top tier. You fall in love with being comfortable. And this franchise has been comfortable for 50 years. And I'm just quite frankly sick of comfortable. The goal should be Super Bowl. And if that means ripping the bandit off and going 3-13 and 13 to get the quarterback that you need to win a Super Bowl to carry your team, I'm here for it. I don't, I, I'm here for it. Agreed. So uh, we'll find a new location for you next week. Wheeler says goodbye. Bye, Wheeler. Bye, Wheeler. Chancey says goodbye. Skull. Drive safely. All right. See you guys. Bye. Appreciate it. Chancey you, and Fargo. You guys know my fear of horses. I was really uncomfortable during, during, that, <laughs> during that call. Just what do you mean? I, they, they scare the crap out of me, guys. I, I can't do horses. Are, I you love afraid the they're gonna, are you afraid they're going to kick you? Or like, what's the... Everything about them. They just... I, 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 I think they're terrifying creatures. That's a weird I'm, phobia. I'm so That's scared. An odd phobia. I'm you know, sorry. I, I like, grew up on a hobby horses? farm with horses. I grew up yeah. riding horses and... Yeah, that's great. You couldn't pay me to get on a horse. Couldn't pay me. That sounds like an athlete challenge, and you can do it at my just, family farm. I don't okay. disagree with that, too, though. <laughs> Mackie Christmas invite me. Here we go. They just don't scare me. <laughs> um, Mike puts a comment here. We'll get to some more. We'll get to Kyle in a second. But uh, Mike says the Vikings are staring 0-8 right in the face. Their schedule is brutal to start. These were like the two games you looked at. Well, a home game against the Packers, all right. Phillip and then Rivers. you should be able to beat Phillip Rivers in week two. And then you get that hard-nosed Titans team. And then Russell Wilson. And then you get Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan and Rodgers again. And it's like, whoo, boy. I don't do see you, a four-game winning streak here. What do you guys think, though? The, the defense is bad, but I, I sort of get it, okay? What do you guys think offensively is going so wrong here? Because, I mean, this is uh, – th- to me, there's no excuse for it to look this bad. And, and yes, it starts with Cousins, but it looks awful. It honestly, Judd, like I don't mean to like I don't mean to be flippant here, but I don't think it's that hard to figure out. Your offensive line, like let's just go along. You've got five offensive linemen. How many of them would you say are like anywhere near All Pro caliber? Like maybe, Brian O'Neal, maybe, Brian O'Neal, maybe, maybe but, Brian but, I, but I don't think so. Yeah, no. So, so you have you have nobody on the offensive line that you would look at. You look at some of the guys in Vikings history, like Bryant McKinney was a top ten left tackle, and you had Matt Burke and all like you had, yeah. 
Steve Hutchinson, like there's nobody that sniffs that territory. So at best, you have just sort of a meh offensive line, and you've got a meh quarterback and one legitimate wide receiver. Like, but how are you not dumping? Shocking. But how how are you not dumping passes off to Dalvin Cook? I, I mean, how is that not happening? Those plays, those plays are there. They can't not be there. Like, like if I said they should be going deep consistently, and Jefferson and BC Johnson should be okay. That's not going to work because, to Phil's point, the offensive line can't hold up its end of the bargain there. But I'm literally talking about dumping passes off to Cook, who I believe again today had something like two targets. Like, how yeah. is that not happening? Why is Cook out for entire series as, as he was, I think, in the first quarter? I mean, Madison, yeah, no, but, but I mean, Madison's a nice player, but you just paid Dalvin Cook a ton. And in three years, we're not going to say, well, thank God in that Colts game, you didn't use Dalvin too much because today he's a Pro Bowl player. Like the clock is just ticking. Um, Dalvin Cook should be a focal point in these two games. To me, this is simple. Dalvin Cook should be a focal point of what you're doing, both in handing the ball to him and in having Cousins basically use him as a fire alarm outlet of, okay, here's the check down. Yeah, I got to be honest. When we started this season, my beer wasn't even gray yet. I'm two weeks one, ago. By the way. Two weeks ago. I'm starting to grow one. Dex. I'm a man boy. I can't judge visually here. Up Judge, you yeah. promise no shave until the Vikings win a game. Um, I might go beyond that because I think they're going to win a game eventually just by, oh, but you might be right. They might not. I shouldn't speak too quickly. Let's bring Kyle in here. Our next, if you want to, if you want to get on the show, uh, email vikingsventline at gmail.com. All right, Kyle, 60 seconds and uh, keep it clean. Don't get us in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Um, you, you, I feel like today was a, you give enough rope to someone, they'll hang themselves. And that was what that Vikings offense looked like today. And I 1000% agree with you guys on Kirk Cousins. As a guy who has staunchly defended Kirk for since his signing, I was like, okay, the contract is big, you know, 88 million, I think it was like fully guaranteed. I felt like the first year there were games where you could look at it. We're like, wasn't his, wasn't necessarily his fault that they lost. There were some games like the one in Chicago where they lost that one. And then last year, I thought that he somewhat validated the contract that, or I should say the extension that he got. But today's inexcusable. Today's inexcusable. You can't have that type of performance against a subpar team. It's one thing if it's against a good team. But this is a pretty subpar team in Indianapolis, and you have that type of performance. I, I, can't, I can't defend that. I can't defend that. And the fact that you said he's like, what, the sixth highest paid quarterback in the league this, this year? There's no excuse for that. And mm-hmm. like you said, and like you said, unless the circumstances aren't perfect where they're gelling on all cylinders, he hasn't shown the ability to bring them back in games. And if that continues, it's going to be a long season for them. If uh, if Gardner Minshew goes six of 20 through three quarters for 70 yards and 11 of 26 for 113 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions, we say, eh. That's Gardner Minshew. Whatever he makes six hundred thousand dollars, we'll just go find our next guy. When oh, you're locked, I'll give you even a better example. If Dak Prescott had that kind of game and he's looking to get paid, people would be crucifying him right now. It's Saying, a good point. How could you have that? Pro- have, how could you have that performance and then justify you want to get paid? Yeah. So Kirk Cousins got his money and still put out that type of performance, and it feels like to me, watching the team as a whole, they're just not competing at all. Like it feels like you look at the games today. Dallas fell behind and they still competed. You looked at Jacksonville; they were competing against Tennessee. Outside of the Jets, you know who got steamrolled by San Francisco, 
<laughs> what they they looked they honestly they looked the same. At least every other team this week was competing. Even Denver was competing against Pittsburgh. So it's it's one of those things where it's looking at it where it's like like I think somebody said they're not a seal of they don't want the ceiling to fall in just yet. But like you said, when it snows on Cousins, he cannot do a whole lot, and it and it's unfortunate. Yep, Kyle, great stuff, man. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for coming on. We'll the house sure has mold, boys. The house has mold. We didn't know about it. Now we're all getting sick. Fifteen, fifteen point <laughs> nine QBR from your starting QB. Fifteen point nine today, and, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the safety today, inexcusable. Can't, you know, I, Judd, I know the offensive line broke down, but the, that can't happen. Judd, you need a new point of view, okay? This is now, <laughs> as Courtney Cronin pointed out, because they took a safety in Week 17 last year, too. This is the third consecutive regular season game the Vikings have taken a safety. Wow. Let's, let's keep the dream alive here. Can they make it four consecutive, first that's time got, in NFL history? That's got to be the record, right? Three? Three is the record, yes. And hey. I will say this, okay? Last... We, we dissected the corner blitz that came off the edge, Kirk's blind side last week. And right. like, it was just kind of a, it, it wasn't like he stood in the pocket for a half hour today. He stood in the pocket too long and he didn't have enough of a sense standing in the end zone of like, what could happen here? Get the ball out quick. You know, it's again, it's like, oh, the offensive line. Well, sometimes the quarterback needs to elevate the offensive line. And how many times does Kirk Cousins do that? He doesn't. Because he plays right. to the level of his roster around him, and that's fine too. Just right, but 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 that that goes back to our, our longtime conversation about this. If you're going to do this, if, if you're going to pay this quarterback this much, how is your O line and particularly the interior as well not better? Like these are all questions to me. To me, the first two weeks are all different things that we've talked about for a while now. It's just Armageddon. It's everything, everything that we said, oh, boy, that doesn't look great, but because there's always a but, but they do this, but they'll do that. They're not doing the buts. And so so this all goes back to things that not just us, but fans as well have talked about as worst case. Every worst case is trickling down and biting them in the ass. And in some ways they deserve it because this whole thing of, well, we've got cousins. Yeah, but your offensive line, what are you doing here? And look, we we all thought that, that they drafted Cleveland in the second round and that he would come in and do something, right? He hasn't played a snap in two games. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jefferson, MIA, which is weird. I, I think he caught two balls today. So this whole thing is basically every worst case that we discussed coming true. But it's not like the Vikings couldn't have seen a, a lot of these things as well. But I will go back to the compete today. The compete bothered me because it was basically, I thought, just not there. Yeah. Uh, quick reset. You're watching Vikings Vent Line here live on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Vikings Vent Line is part of the Purple Daily uh, family of shows here. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff is pushing the buttons behind the scenes. And we've welcomed several fans into the video here. We can see your comments at whatever platform you're watching right now. We can see your comments. We can bring them in <laughs> and we'll continue to bring people into Are we this rebuilding this year? Yes. <laughs> this is powered by uh, Corona Hard Seltzer. And I got to admit, listen, I've been I've been uh, I, I cracked a couple Corona Hard Seltzers earlier. I had to move to something a little harder 30 Ooh. minutes into the show here. <laughs> so but but Corona Hard Seltzer is uh, is we appreciate them for powering this and uh, other episodes of Purple Daily as well. All right, let's go to Ben here, Dex. Let's get Ben into the mix. Ben, uh, you got about a minute. We'll uh, we'll clear the way for you here and just keep it clean for us, man. So 
I there's there's a there's one play in particular that I saw that really bothered me a lot with this team. And believe it or not, it was way at the beginning of the game. The fourth down inside the five yard line and you kick a field goal when you're basically killing the defense right then and there. That to me bothered me about Mike Zimmer a lot because you you have to go for it there. I'm sorry. And there's been a lot of criticisms about his unwillingness to embrace analytics. That right there is a sign of not embracing analytics. And also with this team, they've stopped doing the things offensively that worked last year. Screens to Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, the boot action. They did about two to three play actions on the first drive of the game. Didn't do it again. Um, and and then lastly, I will say this. What makes And this is why Mike Zimmer's seat is going to start getting – if it's not warm already, it's getting up there to – Inferno. These are his guys and his coaching staff that this is happening. And if I'm the Wills, I'm in Mike Zimmer's ear saying, if you don't get this thing turned around soon, we talk about Adam Gase getting fired midseason, Mike Zimmer will be showing the door midseason. Watch. Hey, Ben, I'm going to put something on the screen here. I don't know if you can see this or not, but uh, Click Click Boom chimes in with a comment on our YouTube page. He's got a reckless speculation, write that down prediction of Trevor Lawrence and PJ Fleck to the Vikings in 2021. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me, all right. Let me say this. I think the PJ Fleck thing is, that's a little bit too much. But the Trevor Lawrence thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's not, re- that's not reckless speculation. That's, there's a lot of truth to that, right? Listen, there. I think it is a legit discussion here in that the yeah. Vikings have the Vikings have had the floor wiped with their carcasses the first two weeks of the season. The NFC is great, yeah. and I, th- I think you, you have these once-in-a-generation opportunities like the Vikings yeah. had, and they squandered it. Was it 2011 when they could have had Andrew Luck, and they won that meaningless game against Washington? And I get you can't tell yeah. players to tank. You can't tell players to tank. But yeah. you can tell Daniel Hunter, why don't you take the season off with a neck? Like yeah. there's things you can do. And if this is a once in a generation chance to land a franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, it is a discussion worth pursuing here as the losses pile up. Yeah. I, I, this is where it's heading. These are, these are not games where they lost on a last second field goal. They got blown out both of these games yeah. and that's not a good sign. So they're going to have, they're going to have to make the coaching change because I can't, I can't run it back with Mike Zimmer and there's no, the Wills have, a precedent for doing this. Remember Brad Childress gave him a contract extension, blew him out. So we'll see. But right now, this is not a this is nowhere near a playoff team. And that's sad because Dallas is looking like they could be 0-2. The Eagles are 0-2, and they look just as bad. So that's Ben, good stuff, man. Thanks, Appreciate man. you coming on. Let's let's keep rolling through them here. Oh, quick. yeah, we got we guests lined up here. Let's uh yeah go ahead throw, throw somebody else up here. We'll go to Zach. Zach, you're on. All right, Zach, you got about sixty seconds. Uh, keep it clean. Don't get us in trouble. Hey, can we just start? Oh, like two points. Just give it up at the beginning of the game. We'll punt to you. Uh, <laughs> the free kick. Yeah, we'll we'll just get that out of the way every game. Um, I mean, I I wrote down a couple notes this week. I mean, six touches for Dalvin Cook at halftime, just terrible. It was yep. already mentioned earlier with Kirk Cousins and the scripted plays. But then once you get beyond the script, I, and he he kind of said it in his press conference last week, oh, I kind of saw the safety cheating over here, so I already decided what I was going to do with the ball before the snap. How many plays can I go back and look and see, like, he's throwing into double coverage. He's throwing the quick out that's clearly covered. 
Like, he's already deciding where the ball is going to go before the play goes, like, regardless of what the defense is doing. That's, yeah, that's him. That's yeah, going to be mean, him. He's also like, who was it? Was it one of his former coaches? I'm trying to think of who it was. Uh, Might have been with Washington. Oh, Jay Gruden. It was a Jay Gruden quote we saw from Washington. And he said, like, him and Kirk, I I don't know if this was in The Athletic, but that he'd have these conversations with Kirk about a play would be designed and and you're not going to have, like, you know, 15 yards of wide open space for a receiver. And Kirk would, like, they would argue about how, Kirk would say, yeah, it's just like, that's a risky throw. He's, it's not there. And Jay would say, no, the play's designed for it to be a tight window. Like, we're just trusting that you're accurate enough to find the tight window. And he would just need, he would need, the point of the quote was, Jay Gruden basically said, yeah, Kirk is a guy that just needs things very particular and very much set up and pristine in order for him to go forward. And I think what you're seeing with this Vikings team, it's a team in transition. Like, this defense is going to, you're going to have to score 30 points to win games. And and the offensive yeah. line is not that great. Like you're going to have to go off script, and he can't. I don't know what Kubiak's seen in the booth, but that the, even the opening drive, we need to start off by running the ball to open up the pass, not starting off by passing the ball to open up the run. Especially when eighty percent of the passes are going to number nineteen, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous too. Right. And so, well, like they're setting him up to Justin fail. Jefferson, you know where's he at? Like he had tough catches. He had catches where he's he's getting hit. And hold it on to the ball, but I mean, between him, OBC Johnson, the tight ends, what, what they're getting? What two targets each a game? Like we're not going to win if we're going to throw to Adam Thielen sixteen times a game and run Dalvin Cook ten. But where where are the short passes to Cook? This is not a hard like like I'm I'm not a a football genius here, uh, Don Coriel. I'm telling you that Dalvin Cook was signed to that contract to park because he can catch passes. We know he can. So where are where are those balls? And, and that's on coaching. That's play calling. That's that is yeah. a fundamental. But Kirk, th- th- this is actually what I feared about Kirk, though, without Diggs, is that Thielen and Kirk are third grade kids on the playground and they're best friends. And, and every Friday they go to each other's house and, and they play board games and they sp- spend all night talking and they're just best buddies. And you know what? On the playground in third grade, the ball's always going to go to one guy, Thielen. And there's no surprises here. And then the problem is Thielen gets frustrated and, and essentially alligator arms that ball in the third quarter, which is inexcusable. And now that play, which should have been caught, falls apart. So it's uh, Zach, uh, final thoughts from you. Uh, over under Dan Bailey on extra points next week. <laughs> uh, if I set it at one and a half, you guys going over or under? Yeah. I'm going under. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> under. He has oh, the man. longest field goal streak, <laughs> according to the Fox telecast, yeah. in the league right now of consecutive makes, boys, which means he is destined to miss a key field goal wow. soon. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the Vikings aren't even good enough to have a kicker derail the season this year. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Zach, thanks for coming on, dude. We'll get you on again sometime. Here's All Zach. right, let's go to the next one here, Dex. We got, we, got, uh, we got Ryan on. Ryan, we've got Ryan Minshew here. Ryan Minshew <laughs> rocking the uh, Gardner Minshew headband. No, Are you I, gotta, I just got long hair. I gotta gotta keep it nice and good for video. You got uh, six sixty seconds and don't swear. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I saw from this game was that the players just quit. Like they they got to a point and they just gave up. And I think that's unexcusable for whether you're getting whether you're down by five or fifty. You you can't you can't give up, and I think this the season already is reminding me 
of 2010. You know, 09, you had Brett Favre, you had everything coming together. It was a magical season. You did great. It was a successful season. And then next year was just an absolute train wreck. Three and 13, nothing went right. And I, it's, it's, it's honestly scared me. You know, I don't know. Are we going to go three and 13? Are we going to go four and 12? You know, I don't know where we're going to go. And after these first two weeks, it's, I don't know what to think. Kirk yeah. doesn't seem like he wants to play anymore. Like he's just not the same guy as we saw last year. Yeah. The crazy thing too, is like when you talk about sort of like that fear of three and 13, four and 12, this is the amazing thing about the Vikings is that if you, once you get past like the first four or five years of the franchise's existence, when they were an expansion team in the sixties, you can basically count on one hand the last 50 years, how many train wreck seasons they have had. And so they deserve credit for just like, like the Browns have been a train wreck for 20 years. The Vikings, like they, they train wreck like once every eight or nine years and that's it. And I'm sitting here right now and, and, and I've got, I've combed through probably like two or 3000 comments in Declan too. And by far the highest percentage of comments that we've gotten on YouTube, Facebook is tank for Trevor. Like the amount of Vikings fans that are just sort of there and just saying basically like, you know what, if it's three and 13 and they get Trevor Lawrence, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I it's feel like coming from a diehard Vikings fan, I think right now we are one of the top five worst teams in the league at this point. And if we have the opportunity to take either Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance, I think Trey Lance would be a great fit in Minnesota. Like we can't pass that up because I don't think Kirk, Kirk is just not the same guy. And in 2022, when we have an out with his contract, we, we got to go and we got to draft the guy and build around him. I feel like that's how you win in the league today. You get a rookie guy on his rookie deal, and then you build the team around him and go win a Super Bowl. The key is win two games. Don't win three. Don't chance it. Win one or two games. That We, we learned that. That stupid win on Christmas Eve uh, 2011 in Washington was the worst thing. The, the interesting thing here, though, is you do have a, a conversation that has to be had internally in Egan about this because you have what could be a generational quarterback available. Like if this was a good draft, okay draft, a lot of teams would be like, uh, yeah, but, right? But in this one, you have, just like with Luck, you've got a quarterback that we could talk about being a potential a generationally great quarterback, and those guys do not come around all the time. And so if you're going to be bad, if you're going to be bad, you've got to talk about, hey, we stink, guess what? Trevor Lawrence is an option. That's a big deal. You can't Trevor Lawrence bad. That's not a joke. Yeah. That's not a joke. That's serious stuff. After the first two weeks, Trevor Lawrence to Minnesota does not seem that far off now. You know, it's it seems in reach at this point after getting blown out by Phillip Rivers and the Colts. So anything could happen. Uh, by the way, Mike Mike on Facebook chimes and he says, why would we need to start Sean Mannion the rest of the year to tank? Kirk Cousins is doing this time. <laughs> Mike is right. Don't mess with what's working. Kirk is working really well right uh, now in the yeah. Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Uh, Ryan, Man, great. Kirk was just making some really – Bad decisions, especially that throw into double coverage oh. uh, early in the game. That was just a bad decision. I don't know what he was thinking there. Adam Thielen. Yeah. He saw yeah. him and thought, he I just, have to throw to him. It, it's the, it reminds me of Baker and Odell, where you, you try and force it to him just to try and get him to catch it, or you, he's just your only option, which just doesn't work. Yeah. Hey, uh, great stuff, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show, Thanks, man. man. We'll get you no on problem. again sometime, yeah. all right? All right, let's uh, let's roll through. We got more people in the queue. Yeah, we here. do. We got uh, we got Jeff who was just shining his shoes about five ten minutes ago, and now he's on Vikings Ventline. 
Jeff has been <laughs> sh- Jeff's been shining his shoes since halftime. Probably it's probably more fun than what we saw in that Vikings game. All right, Jeff, you got about a minute, and uh, don't swear, keep it clean. You got it. Hey, that was a uh, cowboy boost. Yeah, I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Here, so love it. I guess hey, at least the Titans got a win, but you know we're gonna lose to them next week. I'm sure. Hey, can you guys do me a favor? Remind me who that guy number 18 is that plays for us. I think we drafted him in the first round. Uh, it's, a, it's an alliteration name of some kind. Actually, he did, he did lead the Vikings in receiving yards today, so I will give you that. Four I, I feel yeah. like he's an incredible garbage athlete. time. I feel like he's an incredible athlete, and he can really make plays. And Kirk Cousins can throw to other people that aren't number nineteen, and I, I feel like that would really help. Also, some play calling would probably help out a lot too. Yeah, the the Jefferson thing confuses me beyond belief like i don't get it you can't in this league you cannot lock in on one guy as much as cousins is on Thielen. and i don't understand like how this was not articulated or talked about or made clear to kirk going into this game that that had to change and yet he's doing it consistently and jefferson okay he might not run perfect routes yet he's young i get i get all of the problems but that being said he's got to at least be perceived as a threat right because right now he's not. He's catching He's catching really impressive balls when it doesn't matter. Like the garbage time uh, stats to me against the Packers and today, just forget about them. They mean nothing. They, they're really good fantasy fodder if you play that. Yeah. Also, uh, RWF 1984 chimes in here on the YouTube comments. He says, what about Irv Smith? He's not. The, I, I will say it, early in that game in the first half, the Vikings made a concerted effort in Cousins to throw the ball to Irv Smith. He did have four targets, I think, all in the first half. Um, he dropped – well, dropped is a strong word. He got smoked by a safety on that play over the middle and uh, and looked like the safety's helmet hit Irv Smith right in the hand. And so uh, – and then Kirk almost threw a pick six on an out route to Irv Smith, the next yeah. target. Awesome. So they did try to get him involved, and it just didn't work for, for various reasons. But I want to ask Jeff here uh, – I should say Pulford School. Um, if you had the option right now, and and the and you could sign up for three and thirteen, so that's option A, three and thirteen, and then maybe have a shot at Trevor Lawrence, or roll the dice and see if the Vikings can get back into this thing and make a push for the playoffs. But there's no guarantees. What door oh, are you guys, choosing? Oh, you guys know without a shadow of a doubt, we got to roll those dice and wait for him to come up snake eyes. Three and thirteen isn't going to get us anything but a first round quarterback. Mike Zimmer will be like, yeah, we'll take that cornerback. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if everything if they go two yeah. fourteen, it's all set up, and the Vikings trade back and take a cornerback or oh, something. Hey, hey, I, I, hey, Rick Spielman, right now. Hey, Rick. Hey, uh, this is Vic Fangio. Hey, I'll give you ten picks. <laughs> hey, you got it, man. You got it. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I will Jeff, give you. Go ahead, Jed. I said the trade would would be this. An exchange of first round picks and Denver's next ten seventh round picks. Yeah, and Spielman yeah, would be like, "I'm, that, I'm all in." Did you say seventh round picks? Is, isn't that yeah. the trade? It's basically the trade that Kevin Costner worked out in draft day for the Browns, I think, so something like that. Costner might be um, out there. So Jeff, great stuff, dude. Appreciate Thanks, it. We'll Jeff. get you on again sometime. All right, we, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we've been doing this video version of Ventline the last two weeks. It's been super fun bringing fans into the video. Email vikingsventline at gmail.com and we'll send you the invite. Can yeah, I bring up, yeah, go ahead, Judd. Go ahead. Can I bring up the Zim thing quickly? Um, because there's there's going to be a lot of steam in the coming days. And if this continues coming weeks about his job security. Okay. The the where the children's comparison 
falls apart is, yes, Brad had been signed to a contract extension shortly before he got fired, but he was literally insubordinate. He cut Moss without telling the Wilfs, I'm cutting a player who we acquired uh, a month before that, all right? Unless Zimmer completely goes nuts and, and is insubordinate, he just got a three-year extension. Now, keep in mind this, revenues around the league for every single team because of the pandemic are going to be way down. All of that being said, I don't see anything short of a complete blowout between the coach and the people that own this team. I don't see any way he gets fired. I just don't. I don't think they're going to pay a guy essentially now for three or two years when when they already are going to take, for them, a financial bath on this season. And Childress, I contend, wouldn't have got fired if he didn't cut Moss. So that was far more of a personal thing than a record thing. Okay. And I don't think Zim is going to cut a guy and not tell the Wilfs. So so we, we could talk all we want about uh, Zim's job security. And if they win two or three games, yes, his job will be talked about a lot going into 2021. But I don't think there's a parallel to be drawn there between the uh, Wilfs coming downstairs in November if things are still not going good and firing Mike Zimmer. Hey, question on the screen here, Judd. Is Zimmer's contract guaranteed? Usually those coaches' contracts yeah. are fully guaranteed. They are. So, yep, yep, they'd have to pay him off. Yep. All right, Dex. Let's uh, let's go to is it Jay here? Yep. We All got right, Jay. we got we got Jay in the mix. Jay, welcome to Vikings Vent Line. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. You got about sixty seconds to to go crazy on the Vikings. Just keep it clean and don't get us fired. <laughs> All right. Look, I've only been a fan of this team for like you know, three, four years, but what we saw today it's a consequence of what Vikings have been doing for three, four years. It goes back to the cousin signing. You give him that much money, you can't really build a team around him. It goes back to Lango Diggs. It goes back. I think he might even go like Lango Stefanski, Lango of even Rhodes, you know, laying these rookie corners take over. Lango of Griffin, Lango of Linval, you know, all these moves that the Vikings have made ever since, you know, 2017. All these have been building up to right now, where the team has so many holes. You're kind of just riding off of like Mike Zimmer making this magical defense out of literally nothing. Uh, you're riding off of Kirk Cousins being able to play well. Um, which, you know, like he can, but there's, there's going to be stuff like this that happens where he's not going to be able to come through and he's not going to be able to win your team the game. Um, and this is something that we just have to deal with. Like, I'm all in for taking for Trevor. Wow. But, Dude, like, everyone I'm, is. Everyone is. How it's can, crazy. How can you not how be, you guys? Yeah, how can you not? It have to be. But, like, even, even so, like, even if you take for Trevor, I don't think your problems are solved. You're still with Zimmer. You're still – um, like your staff is pretty old, like Zimmer and Kubiak. Like you, you know, what, Jay. Back. But Jay, when you like, I, 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 we're all like putting the cart way ahead of the horse here. But like, if if you tank for Trevor and you draft Trevor Lawrence, those other things sort of fix themselves because now you've locked into Trevor Lawrence for years. And I think the right. thing you'd be concerned about is doing. You know, I, I think Baker Mayfield has his own issues, but like doing to to Baker Mayfield what the Browns have, which is giving him like nineteen different offensive coordinators and coaches. Like you don't want that to happen. But I think some of those other problems fix themselves if you get the quarterback, the elite quarterback right. That's correct, yeah. And I think that, therefore, tanking for Trevor is a really appealing option for a lot of Vikings fans right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, like, you know, this is a team that is going the season. You know, you guys said this on your show a lot. What are they doing? Are they trying to rebuild? Or are they trying to, you know, go off the of veteran offense and defense? You know, we didn't really know what they're trying to do. And looking at what the Vikings have done the last two weeks, I don't think they know what they're doing either. I don't think they know if they're really trying it's so to go. True. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. true. Yeah. So, so here's the thing that could actually 
fix itself fairly quickly though from 2020 to 21. If you do, if you're just terrible and you tank or you don't tank and you just stink and you win two games and, and you get uh, Trevor Lawrence as your top pick, okay? This defense in 2021 could be p- pretty damn good. Michael Pierce is back. Hunter is back. Ngakwe could be re- re-signed. You would hope that they will just continue now to play these corners a ton. And let's say they're awful, but let's say two of them develop. So if you take, if you translate the lack of success that you're going to have with the guys who either gain valuable experience going into 21 or come back, the defense in 21 could be pretty stout again. Okay. Now, that being said, though, if you combine that with a quarterback who is going to be your future, Zim could have actually a couple more decent years and then he rides off into the sunset and and you bring in an offensive coach who works more with the quarterback my point being is the tanking for trevor thing has several steps that to me are very appealing and and this is a league where you can turn it around really damn quick like if you're bad in 20 mm-hmm. you could be just fine in 21 so hey. there, there's some intriguing things here I'm on yahoosports.com just like pulling up one of many 2021 quarterback draft ranking lists. And so obviously Trevor Lawrence is like the name we all throw out there. Uh, Trey Lance has been thrown out here a couple times. And and I think the fact that Carson Wentz came in and has been mostly successful, like he's got some flaws, but I think it's, it's, it's probably made people feel more comfortable with an NDSU quarterback coming in the NFL. But Justin Fields is another one that's going to be like, this is a, a, this is one of the all time great quarterback drafts. The number four guy on this list is Tanner Morgan. And so I guess my question to you guys, we'll start with Jay here since he's the, he's the guest of honor here uh, on Vikings vent line. If they, if they continue to train wreck this season and let's say it's five and 11 or something. So they're not in the mix for Trevor Lawrence percent chance. They draft a quarterback in the first round. If they, if they have a, a really bad season, like five and 11. I think it's pretty high, you know, um, First off, even if the Vikings, for some reason, after the if the team goes five eleven, still want to stick by Cousins, he's only got one year left in his contract. You know they got to pick up a quarterback eventually, um, and so picking up a quarterback and they might do like what the Packers did, except a bit more sensibly, where they pick up a quarterback in the first round, kind of train under Cousins for a year, put him in um, after that year where he's trained behind Cousins. I think that that's pretty likely if the Vikings don't do really well. Um, you know, I. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna throw us out there. You know, I think that I think that not terrible option is you know maybe wrangling up like a fifth, the fourth, seeing maybe if Jacksonville wants to give away Gardner Minshew. Like this sounds crazy, but the mm-hmm. reason why I say is you know that guy makes plays. Like that guy's a terrible offense, and he's 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 able to make plays. And I think that you know if you're able just to offload a couple couple things for Gardner Minshew, let him sit behind Cousins, let us you know maybe invest in not a quarterback but no lineman or something. You know. I think that might actually be a decent idea, but you know, going back to the original question, obviously, yeah, I think that that's pretty likely. The only thing is, like, if if the Jaguars, who uh, see the Jaguars lost a tightly contested game today to the Titans, thirty three to thirty, and Gardner Minshew threw, uh, he was thirty of forty five for three thirty nine, three TDs, two interceptions. Um, if they're willing to trade Gardner Minshew, I would have hesitation just because, like, what are the red flags? Why isn't he your franchise quarterback, Jacksonville? That's I'm always paranoid. Like, like why did Washington not want to give Kirk Cousins a long term contract extension? It's like we're finding out. <laughs> we found out yeah. today. Uh, I, Jay, we're gonna say bye to Jay here. Great stuff. Great stuff, and, Jay. Uh, we'll, we'll get you on again sometime. Cheers, Jay. Bye, Judd.
I think the thing too is that if the Vikings are terrible, I could see them drafting a quarterback because that would almost be the default of, well, there's a good one available and we think that we can cultivate said player. I don't see Spielman's pride goes before the fall. I don't see him trading for a quarterback to replace Cousins after 2020 because that's an admission that Cousins didn't work much more so to me than drafting one. Um, So this is all a very... The thing that makes it tough with the current administration for the Vikings in place to me is there are egos involved to a huge degree. There's philosophies involved. I I mean, we we joke, but if the Vikings have a high draft pick, you guys know as well as I do, Zim is going to come in the draft room and say, like, defense, right? Like he is. He just is. And and you can't stop that. So I, I think to get to the point of taking a quarterback who's going to ultimately replace Cousins, I think it needs to be a draft pick because I think in Rick's mind, he can justify that one. I think trading for Gardner Minshew is a huge stretch because then he's basically saying, my guy did, didn't work. And keep in mind, too, not only my guy who he signed with a three-year contract initially when he left Washington, but also a two-year $66 million extension. I don't see Rick going down that path. To me, that's way too much um, for Rick to bite off as far as an admission that the guy didn't work. Yep. Let's go to Quinn here, Declan. We'll bring Quinn into up, Quinn? Vikings vent line. Some good hair on the show. We've, today, got, we've got some flow on the show this today. Great. Got, like everyone looks like Gardner Minshew. What's going on? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Skull from Los Angeles. Um, you know, so I'm not a great football mind, but I did just want to kind of pop a question um, about kind of positional value versus. Uh, sort of team need when it comes to allocating money. Um, Because I think you guys have talked a lot about, you know, how this offensive line has been an issue for a long time. And something that's frustrating to me is like, I love about this team that they're willing to make a splash signing like Unique Ngakwe. However, at the end of the day, you know, we have a guy in Gary Patterson that that can uh, take these mid-round picks and turn them into productive players. And so at what point do you say, even though technically, say, $17 million, let's say that's what we're going to end up paying for Unique to have kind of a long-term contract, that may be a more fair price for a defensive end than, say, a guard. However, at the end of the day, to make this team better, when do you just say, we will overpay for what technically a guard is worth? But to say, you know what, with $17 million, we could get two guards two like starting caliber NFL guards in our team. And that's going to do something that's helpful for us, even though we're overpaying. So this answer is going to, you're going to hate this answer because it doesn't solve the problem right now. But I would, I would, I would start with what are my most important positions when it comes to winning? And I think pass rusher is in the top five for sure. Left and right tackler in that group. I would put center in that group. I don't think I would put guard in that group unless I had a quarterback that I needed to absolutely insulate. Right. And the, and here's the problem. The Vikings do. Right. And they're paying him $33 million. And so yeah. like my, my answer to you is I would look to pay far less than $33 million for a quarterback that isn't elite so that I didn't have to feel obligated to overpay for guards and mortgage the yeah. other positions. But so I, it's like, you, like you've brought up sort of like the problem with their roster construction here. It yeah. is odd though that, that they have really rarely, if ever in the last 10 years or so looked at guard and said, 
the interior rushers in this league are consistently improving. Because if this was 2003, I think they're okay. Because because that was run-stuffing guys, defensive tackles, fat guys. I love fat guys. But... (laughs) But that was fat guys who basically stood stationary and didn't get didn't get a push. But now yeah. they do, and it's like the Vikings are philosophically operating under the fact that you know, Elfly can play left guard. Oh, he really can't. Let's have him play right guard instead of saying at least one of those guard spots has to be occupied by a guy who has at least an outside fighting sniff of a yeah. Pro Bowl berth, right? Like something where you're like, this guy's pretty good. He might not be great, but he's pretty good. Yeah. Instead, it's like. Drew Samia this week. That's fine. Well, guess what? It's not fine. He got beat, you know, a couple times again today. And 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 in Kirk's world, that's a big deal. And the problem is, as that continues, what happens to Kirk? You can feel the give up start in, right? You Which might, is the right. this isn't my fault. All right. Hey, I've all right. So real quick here, Hunter, Hunter from YouTube comments just chimes in. He says, jokingly, he says, Someone call our savior Christian Ponder. <laughs> all right, hold on. Okay. This is gonna sound insane. Okay. But, the, but the Vikings have a better chance, not now, but like if you go back to like when Christian Ponder was a rookie on a rookie contract, as they proved in 2012, the Vikings have a better chance to build a winning football roster when rookie contract Christian Ponder is your quarterback making $6 million versus when meh, Kirk Cousins is making 33. Yeah. And like I bring up the, the Christian, so I am not arguing that Christian Ponder is a good quarterback. He is a terrible quarterback. <laughs> but because the Vikings weren't paying him a lot of money in 2012, they were able to build an amazing offensive line. Right. They were able to bring in a couple good veteran skill position players and a couple like veterans on defense and build a roster around him that right. went, what, 10 and six or whatever, won a division. Now it helps when Adrian Peterson's running for. 2000 yards, but any team like, would have that. That would be helpful for anyone. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Quinn, your, your final thoughts here before we uh, get to our next fan. Yeah. You know, big thing, I guess, is I mean, this season is something I wasn't thinking we were going to win a lot. And unfortunately, it's kind of seeming that's the case. But I just think something that's very frustrating to me, and hopefully they fix it going forward if we do indeed get a good draft pick with a quarterback, is just, you know, Kirk Cousins, we know what he is and that he's a pocket passer. And so I think what's very frustrating to me is that we're now in season three and with a pocket passer like the mold that you want to win with is Tom Brady and of course he's not going to be Tom Brady but it's it's frustrating to me that it seems that their allocation of resources when they get someone who they know is a pocket passer and that's where he thrives that to me it seems like the first move you do then is all right we got this pocket passer Let's get a big tackle. Let's go get our guard. Like, that's just how you build that because you've got a quarterback that's going to have a pocket. And maybe first year, I get he was a free agent pickup. So sometimes you just got to work with what you've got. But three years down the road, I don't know that that's an excuse anymore. And it's kind of, it's been a little frustrating as a fan to watch signing after signing where it doesn't seem like they're making a real effort in the free agent market to bring in someone when it seems like they don't trust themselves to develop offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you guys for the great content. Quinn. And Boom. Quinn, great stuff. Week. dude. Appreciate it. I think the most disturbing thing though, about these first two games beyond a shadow of a doubt is just the eye test. It's the eye test of mm-hmm. the lack of execution, the lack of I, actually, you know what? If you go back, this sort of started the level of almost indifference with, at probably the second half of the San Francisco game. 
The San Francisco game was disturbing in that sense. And I chalked it up to, well, San Francisco has huge lines. They're tough. They kicked your ass. And that was a one-time thing. And it's going to be fine. But really, if you look at now the last approximately 10 quarters, maybe not the fourth quarter of the Packer game because it was done by then and Cousins reeled up a bunch of stats. But if you look at the last 10 quarters, the Vikings on the eye test meter have been absolutely terrible and and it's and it's been disturbing and it has been i mean they they are when it counts they are on both sides of the ball getting their butts whipped and kicked consistently and there doesn't seem to be a thing that they can do about that and that reeks guys of a bad football team like there's no way to spin that of well it's going to be fine i i thought today i thought today presented them with a chance to show that the packer loss was more fluke than fact like okay that was a bad game but there's a lot of things that you can go back and instead you know i mean last year in december philip rivers looked like he didn't belong in a pop warner game a pop warner game and today they made him look pretty damn good it's my guy you're talking about. All right. That's my, that's but my but I mean, he threw the early pick today, and I thought, "There's the Philip. There's there's Mackey's guy that I know and love, and he's going to have passes tipped." And he did again, and yet nothing really transpired that hurt the Colts from it. Yep. Uh, well, he, uh, <laughs> dude, that that interception he threw was just like such classic spaz, like yeah. just flinging the ball down by his rib cage. I love the motion. traffic. The like, motion's my favorite. All gets tipped by Harrison Smith. All right, let's bring Taylor here as we uh, as we roll on here on Vikings Ventline, powered by Corona Hard Seltzer. Taylor, you got sixty seconds or so to vent about the Vikes and uh, keep it clean for us. Uh, nothing really to vent about. I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that everyone else is surprised by what's happening. Like we lost our number one receiver. We didn't improve yeah. our offensive line. We lost Josh Klein. We suddenly went with Pat Elfline lost six. Like this is what else were we supposed to expect from this? Kirk needs surroundings. Everyone knows that the Wilfs know that Zimmer knows that we, we took pieces away. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm just starting to think that I don't think Zimmer's really that great of a coach i think we were just at that bad of a level when he came in and what 2013 it's just the only two playoff wins he has against sean payton is he that good of a coach or does he just somehow have sean payton's number yeah you know what else like this is going to sound uh well it, it is it's reality of what i'm about to say i think if you're a vikings fan right now buffalo bills envy are the three words i would throw at you the buffalo bills are now two and oh they uh, they got Stefan Diggs via trade, who went for eight catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown today. It's it's the Dolphins. It's the Dolphins. Let's. I know, but it's, it's, Josh but, Allen. No, Josh no. Allen on a rookie contract threw for 417 yards and four touchdowns today. Just ridiculous. And their defense is great. Yeah, or it's stout. Totally. Yeah, it I is the Dolphins. I don't want to be a Bills fan, but it's just like man, it's. I don't know. I just. I just can't help but think we didn't deserve to win that Saints game. I think Zimmer just got desperate, and that's when he works his best, when he's like, I have to be creative now. And it's just we didn't deserve that win. And if, you know, I don't know if Stefanski would have been our guy, but I know change is our guy. It's not Zimmer. We, it's been – this is his sixth year now. Seventh, just, seventh year. Seventh, yeah. yeah. It's just mm-hmm. two playoff wins against the same team. And granted, we should have had that one against the Seahawks with Teddy, but – yeah. yeah, it's tough because like like Mike and and Taylor, great stuff, man. We appreciate you coming on, and um, we'll we'll definitely get you on again sometime here. But so we can, yeah. Let's deck. Let's definitely take at least one more here because yeah, we got we got Chase uh, in queue here. We'll get cool. we'll get him on. 
But I think like this is the thing. Like Mike Zimmer is a is a really good coach, and Mike Zimmer has one of the top like seven active winning percentages of all the NFL coaches in the league right now. But it just there's just something about the DNA of this team that feels like it has hit the glass. Like 2017, when you walked into Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, that was Mike Zimmer's stage, man. Like this is this is it. It's their backup quarterback. This is your gateway to a home Super Bowl. Go do it. Show us your defensive blueprint. And they got walked out of that freaking stadium. And it just kind of felt like, well, that was it. Like, just like 1998 was, that was it for Dennis Green, man. Like, that was your chance. And is Mike, is Mike a complete coach, though? That's my question. I, I think he's a really good defensive minded coach who had probably a pretty long period where players would play hard for him. Uh, but when, but I've always thought that he's divorced himself from the offensive side of things to the detriment of things as, as well. And look, I think it's a major problem. And I think we talked about this last year too. I think it's a major problem when your head coach sees the quarterback position as a complete pain in his butt. Yeah. And I think that, I think that Mike sees kickers and quarterbacks as unnecessary tools that he is forced to use and 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 look and kirk is i mean kirk needs kirk doesn't just need infrastructure he needs love and attention and to be padded and all the type of things that zim is not going to do and so i I think we might be converging here at least for 2020 at the perfect storm of everything that mike doesn't do well uh coming to reality with what he has to work with real quick here uh this comment on the screen from Jason on the YouTube comments, he says, if we get Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 draft, do we go best offensive lineman available in the second round? Jason, I mean this with all due respect, dude. If the Vikings get Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 NFL draft, I don't give a crap who they draft in the second <laughs> round. They can draft a punter in the second round, and I do not care. I wouldn't take a – no, I like this idea. Take a take a left tackle. Take an old lineman. I love it. Uh, is, there, is, it Ch- is it Chase or Chass? Well, if you want to, you can call me Chassis, whatever you want to call me. It's uh, it's Chase. Um, First off, I want to say uh, for four years when I was in college, I did uh, media production with the Gophers, GDP, and did play-by-play broadcasting. So you guys do an excellent job. Um, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. you. This comes down to, Judd, I know there's a big thing with Mike Zimmer getting his team revved up. Trust me, I've been a Vikings fan all my life, and that game in Philly was it. It was it. He did not get it. But this all comes down to one person, and I love the guy. He's created some of the best players out of nothing. Thielen, Diggs, even Kendricks, where we didn't think he was going to be this good, and he's an all-pro. Rick Spielman comes down to two things, loyalty and necessity. There's too much loyalty with a signing with Dalvin Cook, and, of course, Judd, you know as well, Anthony Barr. It put us in such a bad situation where, again, I love Dalvin. I love Barr. They're big fan favorites. But our cap was put in a terrible situation and necessity. It all goes back to Christian Ponder. He felt he needed to draft a quarterback. And look, we knew he was good at Florida State, but not excellent to where, where we drafted him. We maybe could have gotten in the second round possibly or could have gone with the guy at another option. He felt the necessity to draft Christian Ponder. And guess what? He felt the necessity to draft Kirk Cousins. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm of the minority. I thought Case Keenum with the chemistry of Thielen and Diggs should be given one more shot. Because I don't think they would have repeated that next year. But if you give them maybe, you know, we go into a five or six win team potentially, and you sign Keenum to a three year deal, you look to improve the offensive line. And Keenum can make plays when the plays go down. And when you can keep Stefan Diggs, you can take things over the top. He lends a possession wide receiver towards the end. It just, Spielman just did not make the right decision. It doesn't mean he's not a good GM, but he just, 
he failed when he needed to be there. Hey, real quick here, Chase. So you brought up you brought up Anthony Barr at the beginning of this, and Lord knows Judd and I have had a million discussions about this. So legitimate question for you, and then we can go, Judd, you can answer Declan, all right? So uh, And he went out with a shoulder injury today, which not his fault. It happens. Um, Eric Wilson had an interception on a, on a tipped ball. He was, he was, it was Harrison Smith made a great play, and Eric Wilson was right there, made, made ni- the nice interception. Anthony Barr is the highest-paid non-quarterback to the uh, cap on the Vikings roster. Is Anthony Barr one of the Vikings' two best linebackers? You know, um, I'd say he's their second best, but there's no but. But the second he is leaves, he Eric Wilson's fine. He's not great. I mean, he he had the pick, but he's not great. But here's here's the problem. The second Anthony Barr left the building to go see the Jets, he he was gone. Like you just got to accept that. Like th- this is this is it's loyalty run amok. And and we are seeing we are seeing everything that the Vikings are doing with Dalvin Cook through these first two games is exactly what we cautioned them would happen, which is he's not you can't offset what you're going to pay him on this type of team. He, you know, the Adrian Peterson days and Cook is a more complete player. There's no question about that. But the Adrian Peterson days of what you did are gone. They are just gone. That's a different National Football League. That's a different sport. So. Everything that we said was, okay, if you sign him now, you've got to basically use him a lot, and he's got to catch passes, and, and it's going to be to the point of abuse, and you can't care. They're not doing because it's like they have this antique now that they're keeping on their shelf and that, oh, we can't use it. I mean, Madison's a nice player, but I will ask you again, why in week two, early in the season, is Dalvin Cook sitting out a series when it's clear that offensively, once the script is gone, you need help here? So I, I just I find a lot it, – it, it's like the Vikings are basically trying to prove – everything that we caution them about, it's like they're trying to prove us right, which is detrimental for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Chase? Yep. You know, you know the, the one thing that I, I, I want, just things to be made clear, what is our goal? Because you try to restructure a whole team. Again, Xavier Rhodes, <laughs> we know why he left. Trey Waynes, he was decent, but nothing great. So we decide to try to rebuild our defense. How can we truly decide we're going to rebuild without rebuilding this year? That's that to me is the biggest thing. And I thought the Kirk signing, look, we got, you know, anyone could say we got the best quarterback when we needed to. I truly felt with the chemistry that he had with Diggs and Thielen that we could have signed Keenum for cheaper and Diggs would still be here. I know Diggs is a prima donna wide receiver, but again, you guys talk about it all the time on the show. He's a guy who can get the, the team going and he was such a deep threat. Now you got it with JJ with our guy here, and you don't use him. So, so I, don't, I, I don't know what we're doing. The Keenum thing. All right, like let me make an admission here. So I've been I've been anti Keenum, and I and I was on the <laughs> listen. Like Kirk Cousins is the is the the best available guy, and so sign him and see what happens. But but I was I was not an advocate for the Kirk Cousins contract extension because I think like all right, you, you you tried to upgrade. It is what it is. Go get it. Go get a guy that's cheaper in the draft or whatever. So I will say this in retrospect. If, if if the Vikings could have had the option of Case Keenum for like $10 million less, and then it's just easier to cut bait on him anyways in a year or two after, it would have been easier for the Vikings to move into draft a quarterback mode. And now it almost feels like even though 2021 is going to be filled with potential, like three or four potential franchise quarterbacks in the first round, the Vikings might still say, well, we got Kirk <laughs> signed. He's got some guaranteed money. It's like, no. No, he's not gonna. He's not gonna 
I'm not saying he can't be a Super Bowl quarterback and that he can't be, but he can't be the guy that eats up that much of your salary cap. He's not the guy that elevates the rest of your team. And so for you to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, he has to either make less money or you have to be wildly lucky with how you're filling out the rest of your roster or or not lucky, but just great at the way that you're drafting other players. And they haven't been. So, are you are you saying that that if the Vikings are as bad as they look right now, you think there's a chance we get to next April's draft and they actually look at the quarterback list and pass? Yes, oh, I do think that, I do think then, there's a chance. Then I will personally that. drive to Egan and fire them all myself, and I don't even <laughs> own the damn team. Amazing, uh, Chase. You brought some great noise. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll definitely uh, get you on again if you want sometime. All right. Yeah, thanks, Good guys. Stuff, man. Thank you. you. All right, all right. So, wow. Let's do. Uh, Let's get one more here, Dex. Yep, we got one more. We got Jacob. Right, right, Jacob, Jacob and Mankato. Uh, Jacob is uh, rocking the bar stool love behind him. So you got about sixty seconds. Don't don't swear and get us in trouble. Go ahead. All right. I don't know why we're even debating going three and thirteen. We should strictly go zero and sixteen, guarantee that first pick, and finally have a quarterback. I'm twenty two, and I have never once been confident in our quarterback play. We wow, need wow. to change that. Let's unpack this for a second. So you were born in 19, you were born in 1998, which is the year that yeah. I had my heart broken for the first time by the Vikings <laughs> as a 12 year old. 2010? 2000, 2009, nine? 2009. But that's, I mean, he was 40. Rafar was 40. So good that year. But do you like, you were, you must've been a Vikings fan in 2009, right? That must've been one of your first fan seasons. Yeah. Okay. That was my first real season. Yeah. Or did you start on a high note and <laughs> then land on a very typical Vikings note? But there is like, dude, like there is a, so Jacob comes from this generation where it's, it's been Dante Culpepper's knee gets shredded. It's been Christian Ponder busts, you know, Bridgewater's knee gets shredded. And they just, they, they've, they've really only had like two, three year spurts with quarterbacks for Jacob's entire life. <laughs> It's just amazing. The nineties were were the exact same. Yeah, it's true. Veteran quarterback to veteran QB. I, in, in the last thirty years, right? Dante Culpepper is the most consistent starting quarterback that I think this franchise has had. That's it. I mean, the nineties were a litany of um, Jim McMahon, Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, Sean Salisbury, Rich Gannon. So it's been. It's basically starting probably nineteen. 19- 90-ish or so, it has been just a pass the baton. And look, Kirk Cousins now, third year, has become one of the most established long-term starting quarterbacks in people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's a frightening statement, but so it's ja- the absolute truth. So, Jacob, you're ready as a, as a hardcore Vikings fan. You're to the point here, 0-2, they've gotten smoked in two games where you're just saying, let's, let's punt the season and just get in that historic quarterback draft. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when are we ever going to have a chance to take someone – that is rated this highly in the draft. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I definitely think we should take it. And the beauty of it is, I think Kirk only has the one real year of guaranteed money left. Is that accurate, Judd? He, he has. So like, yeah. I was just looking at over the cap, but I mean, his dead money though is forty-one million pre June one next year. So next like, year, you're, you're, next year you're, he's locked in. Yeah, yeah next year he's locked in. in. You have, year after that though, uh, yeah, uh, ten million pre June okay. one. So so basically, Bye. it's kind of a it's kind of a blessing in that. You commit to Kirk next year yes. as the starter, and you sit your fir- you sit Justin Fields or whoever it is. You you sit your first round quarterback for the entire season, or wait until like you know after week eight or week nine, and let yep. them let them learn behind the master Kirk Cousins <laughs> <laughs> and see what happens. I, I mean, I'm ready. I'm there. I'm there. Well, what's going to happen? What if if they if they 
re- rebound starting next week against the Titans. What's the best thing? What's best case now? With how so this, this team, year? Yeah. With how First this team. Yeah. Right. Jacob's right. Exactly. So to Jacob's point, take that, which we've all seen before. And, you know, it's it's fine, but it's boring. Or you're just awful. You win one or two games and you get a quarterback who possibly could be the quarterback for the next, let's say, 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even close to me. Yeah. And again, it's like, just to, just to say, because I know there's a lot of fans that are just like, I'm never going to root for my team to lose. Th- just think beyond like week three. You're rooting for your team to win a Super Bowl. What is the thing that needs to happen for your team to win a Super Bowl? And then you'll feel much better about rooting against them when Deshaun Watson's carving them up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and has there ever been has there ever been a time in this league? Not the quarterback play has not always been important because it has been, but has there ever been a time where that position is as important as it is right now? Like if you don't have that right, I I'm sorry, but Zim could come back in 21 with the best defense in the history of defenses and i think in 20 in 2021 with cousins at qb you could make the super bowl but my guess is you lose because because at the end of the day unfortunately patrick mahomes is going to get the better of zimmer's defense yeah and it's just a fact jacob give us uh, give us your final thoughts here and we're gonna say goodbye Uh, my thought is i'm just done with kirk cousins because at his highs he's an above mid-level quarterback, but when he plays like today, he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and we need someone more consistent than that if we're going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, especially on a day, Jacob, great stuff, dude. Make sure you come back on some other time. Uh, On a day where freaking Josh Allen carved it up, (laughs) Mitch Trubisky, at least in the first half, I didn't the Bears did win that game. They're two and zero. The Bears are two and zero. The Packers are two and zero. Just don't forget, Stefan Stefan Diggs is being proven right on a weekly basis now. He yeah. literally is. I I didn't I didn't like how he probably went about this, but I will but I will say this: it would have helped probably if people internally in Egan had listened a bit more. Jared Goff carved it up. God, Jared Goff coming back does not completely shock me. Matt Ryan and the Falcons blew a twenty nothing lead today. Oh. The Cowboys ended up winning on a field goal. They got an onside really? kick right when we were starting. They got an onside kick and then they <laughs> nailed a field goal. Oh my God! That's I think amazing. It was like forty-one, thirty-nine. Did you say Trubisky carved it up? He did in the first half. Let me let me see real quick here. Oh God! He uh, he he. I saw a bunch of people just raving about some of the throws. Yeah, he nah. He, he threw a couple picks. He threw a couple picks. He threw two touchdowns, two picks, buck ninety. But the Bears won. They ran the ball thirty-two times, and they beat the Giants seventeen to thirteen today. And Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. It sounds like. Oh, he did. Ooh. So yeah, this is the portion where I will. Uh, rant about my fantasy teams all having Saquon Barkley, but <laughs> you guys want to just transition this right problem. To, you guys want to transition this to a little uh, U.S. Open postgame show with uh, Bryson DeChambeau about to win his first major, or is that just Oh, me? really? <laughs> you know what I prefer is to he climb in the leaderboard? He, climbing. He's leading by four. Oh. <laughs> I prefer... Too many I, Corona hard seltzers. For yeah, me. too I many seltzers right now <laughs> to focus on, on the, the state of umpiring in baseball, just like JD did yesterday. That's what I'd like. Oh, and by the way, the Vikings could use some of the intensity that Donaldson has right now. Yeah. Because that guy is not afraid to speak his mind. And my guess is I would I would love to see a Josh Donaldson locker room rant. Wouldn't you guys? Oh, it'd be great. I have a feeling it'd be epic. I'd pay triple digits to see it. I'm dead serious. Yeah, it would be it would be amazing. Jefferson needs um, more targets. Yes, he does, Donnie. Donnie yeah. Don. Well, listen, um, 
if you uh, if you're just sort of discovering us, we do a daily Viking show. It's called Purple Daily. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and ScoreNorth.com. S K O R North.com in audio form. And then you can subscribe to two of our YouTube pages. Our Viking centric YouTube page is YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And then for uh, additional Vikings things and twins and Timberwolves and wild discussions and action movie rewinds and <laughs> wacky predictions. We also have youtube.com slash score North M N S K O R North M N. Joe, can, what were you going to say? Can we t- talk about the worst part of, of your football team or our team being bad? Absolutely. The worst part. It's not the play. It's not the quarterback. It's that we are going to get basically 14 more weeks of announcing teams like we got today. Oh, Tim Brando yeah. and Robert Smith. I mean, that's going to be Fox is basically going to show Vikings games to 2% of the country <laughs> and give us every backup guy they've got. Dude, Tim Brando, man. I feel I like Tim Brando and Robert Smith like 20 years ago would have just been a fastball broadcast team. <laughs> Tim and Brando now, used to hear <laughs> And now they're just like they're just like Rich Hill. They're just like grinding, you know, throwing uh, 83 miles an hour. Eric Kendricks, <laughs> at, at one point, poor Brando said, Eric Kendricks, Eric Kendricks is one of the best uh, linebackers in the country. In the country. It's like, it's like Tim. He, Vikings, yeah, it's college The Vikings football. aren't, it, yeah. they're not in the Big Ten anymore. They dropped out of the Big Ten. <laughs> they're playing in the National Football League now. Amazing, amazing. Um, all right, well, that's a wrap on this episode of Vikings Vent Line. We appreciate you all hanging out with us. And, well, there's a, there's 14 more of these and a bye week. We Maybe we'll do this during the bye week, actually, too. So maybe there's, maybe there's 15 more of these. But I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. That's Declan Goff. And we'll see you guys next week.